Welcome to the Kids Math Talk Podcast, where in each episode, we give parents and educators practical tips and insights that will deepen mathematical understanding while also encouraging the conversation about math to remain active and positive. I'm your host, Desiree Harrison, elementary math coach and Kids Math Talk founder. Our guest today is an assistant professor of math education at George Mason University and is a sensational expert in synchronous online teaching. So welcome to the Kids Math Talk podcast, Dr. Teresa Wills. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this for, you know, everyone. Like, you know, every time we have someone doing something um, and putting it out there, it, it helps bring us together. So thank you. Of course. Yes. So I am a huge fan of Twitter. That's actually how we connected initially. I really hope that one day we are able to meet in person and to continue the conversation that we're going to have today. Um, One of the really wonderful aspects of social media is how we are able to share our stories and our experiences and our resources without having met in person with people all over the world. And one narrative that I see on Twitter, um, especially from people who are part of the K-5 education world, is that math is the quote-unquote most difficult to teach online. And at least in comparison to reading and writing, for instance. But as a synchronous online teacher, you have a different take on this. So uh, share with us a little bit about your unique background and the opportunities that are provided with synchronous online learning. So I started this whole journey uh, 10 years ago. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to teach a math course to teachers And they all lived very far away from me and from each other. So we decided to go online. But there were some non-negotiables that I was not willing to give up. Things like interaction, collaboration, having this productive struggle between teachers as we're thinking about mathematics, um, and also this sense of community. Um, And, you know, I actually used to play a lot of video games before I got into this like a lot. And I knew that the gamer community was strong. I mean, we would talk with people every single day. There were norms. There were things in there that made us best friends, even though I never met them before. So I knew that existed and I wanted to bring it to the educational world. That's an interesting connection that you make because I never thought about that. Like growing up, my brother was played video games all the time and we used to connect that way. And Yeah, there is a huge community, so definitely. And, you know, there's also norms, too. Um, When you are playing either face-to-face with the game with somebody or you're playing over a network, there are certain times when you get up and go to the bathroom, like go take a break. There are certain times when you want to type in whatever chat box there is or you want to use your microphone. And if you have 50 people from around the world coming together, those norms become more and more important. Important and, um, you know, people will happily abide by them because it's efficient. It's a way of, you know, winning the game. Um, and so those same norms also come into the online classroom. Yeah, that's a very unique take. Is that how you decided that you wanted to uh, be a part of George Mason University and a part of this program that they have? 
so I actually had been with Mason for a while. I did the math specialist program as a master's student. Um, I was there for my PhD and um, I had adjunct with them for a long time before coming on uh, as an assistant professor. Uh, so I actually had a long journey uh, with Mason. Um, but what really got me into online learning is, you know, we were teaching these face-to-face -face classes, and I was seeing so many teachers um, in the Northern Virginia area, traffic being an issue, um, being young parents an issue. Um, and so, you know, when we started the online classes, we found that people could access them easier, um, people could be there who otherwise would not have been able to be there or to take, you know, a year off um, to, you know, take care of some family things, but they were still able to be there. Um, and so it just became very accessible. Yeah. Access and equity is, always, those are big buzzwords in education. And you are an innovator. You're not just saying those words. You're like, you really have found a system that works and not just for those students who are enrolled in your university, but teachers all over the country or really all over the world, potentially with these, um, with these math days. So I had the pleasure of being a part of, of a live one um, a few weeks ago, and but you don't have to. You still have that access, even if you're not able to join on Saturdays live. But can you tell us more about what it is, how it um, how it came to be, and then how teachers can become involved? Sure. Uh, so there's two things uh, that I loved in a math classroom, and I was a math coach for many years, both in middle school and elementary school, and I loved math routines and rich tasks. And I wanted to bring those into the online space. That was another non-negotiable. I was not just going to lecture. Uh, so Math or Days came out of people said, well, how do you do that in an hour? That constantly came up in my face-to-face -face classes. So I would model it, and then we would work together. Uh, but the online class, you can record that. Everything is live. Anyone can see it at any time. Um, but also, I can model some of the time management. One of the things that I like to focus on are problems that can be done in multiple grade levels. Um, and part of that is when I was a math coach in the elementary grades, I loved giving one problem at the school-wide morning meeting. And then each grade level did it with a slight tweak. And then the kindergarten kiddos came up to the first grade class. The first graders would like become little mentors with them and say, this is what you get to do in first grade. And then the kindergartners would show their solution to the problem. The first graders would show their solution. And then, uh, you know, another day or another time, the first graders that go into the second grade classroom into the same thing. So it built this school community together around this one problem to the point that even like the cafeteria uh, ladies were like, how did you do that problem? And they were all really into it. And so it brings up as a math educator, I want teachers to think about learning progressions. I want them to think about tasks and access. Um, and so, so, you know, time management wise, we do a math routine about a seven minute long, and then we do 20 minutes of group time in the rich task. And then we ho uh, hold a discussion afterwards. Um, and that's something that if teachers can get that down, they're going to feel very powerful in their uh, online class. So in math or days, um, 
you know, I'm not really doing anything new. I'm, I'm taking ideas from other educators. Which one doesn't belong as a routine? Math talks is a routine. Number strings is a routine. Um, but all I do is I think about the structures that take advantage of um, all the great things about online and show people how you can incorporate those structures. Uh, same thing with, um, you know, the math talks. When we have time to work on those interactive slides in small groups, I can go through and I use the same uh, five practices that I would have done in the face-to-face -face class in order to hold those discussions. Um, so really, Mather Days is all about giving teachers more experience with routines and tasks, building their content knowledge, and also building their um, knowledge about how to transition this into an online space. Yeah, because teachers do leave with a with a new routine, a new idea for a task. They've had some a co collaboration opportunity with teachers all over the country. It's a free on demand PD, and you're right. Those norms, um, things that we might not be thinking about until we're in the moment with our students. You give us the chance to practice and play around and. We can make those mistakes with each other before we have to go into the <laughs> with our kids. So, so it doesn't feel new for us, even though online teaching is relatively new for the majority of, of teachers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and I, I still say it, it's innovative. I know you were saying that you're just taking things that people have already done, but you're presenting them in a way that we haven't seen before. And it's, it's so needed because seeing is believing always, but especially right now uh, when we are just inundated with information coming from all directions. And even if it's in a graphic, you don't just leave it static. Uh, you're, you're vetting the resources that you put on your website in real time. And it's so appreciated. I'm so glad you brought up mistakes. It's my favorite word and I misspell it all the time on purpose. Um, it's, yeah, it's the highlight. Yeah, because that's, I was just talking to some teachers and we were just talking about you have to be vulnerable because nobody's perfect. So you have to know that you're going to make mistakes, be willing to say, I make mistakes. So it's really the only way we can survive in this profession. I want to take a quick pause right here to let you know that you can attend a Mather Days, which is the free PD session that Teresa Wills offers every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern. All you have to do is head to her website, teresawills.com slash Matherdays, that's M-A-T-H, the play on the word Saturdays. And head to that website, click on the register, you get a free ticket, you get the email, reminders, it's a wonderful time. And if you can't stay for the whole time, or if there's a session that you really want to attend and you're not able to on a particular Saturday, she does record all the sessions and post them to her website. Again, talking about that access and equity piece. All right, let's get back to the interview. As we move forward in the school year, more and more districts are returning to face-to-face -face learning. While they're still offering families choice of having some type of hybrid learning experience or to maintain the completely virtual learning environment. So at Kids Math Talk, we are all about 
uh, helping teachers connect, but also helping parents connect. So what tips do you have for parents as they're helping their elementary child navigate online learning? Sure. Uh, so my tip for parents is let the kids make mistakes. Because what that does is it teaches troubleshooting with the technology and problem solving that us math teachers really want kids to have whenever possible. Uh, so I actually have a second and a third grader, and, and we celebrate making mistakes and the lessons learned all the time. Uh, in virtual learning, um, one of the things that I like to talk about is try three before me. So when my kids say, Mom, I can't hear my class, you know, I'll usually respond with, what are three things you tried? And even young kids can learn that, okay, what are three things I can do? I can, oh, I can hit that refresh button. That's one thing. I can unplug and replug in my microphone. I can turn it on or off. I can restart my computer. I can refresh. So what we want them to do is to start having ideas about what to do. Not a checklist, but uh, ideas that are going to get them to be troubleshooters or <clears throat> problem solvers and um, really bring that in uh, to the tech world. And so, you know, whenever I have the opportunity, um, we celebrate, you know, oh, that didn't work, but hey, we learned what works and doesn't work. Um, and, you know, really focus on making mistakes. And the other tip that I would say is let the kids do the typing and the clicking. Um, as a parent, it is so easy for me to want to come in and just type it in or click here, here, because I am efficient. But how did I get efficient? It's because I developed this problem solving and troubleshooting. And so I know, even though I'm faster at this, that down the line, if I want my kiddos a month from now to be independent, um, what am I going to do right now? And that means that I'm going to point at the screen or point, here's the letter Y, it's right here underneath the six, as opposed to actually typing it for them. Yes, thank you for saying that. Uh, so right now, some some days, um, my husband and I are taking our nieces, and like we have them for the school day, and that is difficult to remember sometimes because it is so easy. Like here, instead of just waiting for them for us to just click and get them get them on, but we definitely want to think about building independent learners instead of having dependent learners. Yes. Like that's a great tip for everybody. Not and not just in not just while we're in the online learning world. That's a it's a great life skill to to help uh, instill. All right. So you've talked with us a little bit about the Mather days and you have your website that has all these all of the PD recordings available lots of different Google slide templates and um, Jamboard templates. And I work with elementary teachers and I have a curated list of digital resources for them to access. And a lot of the links that are there take them to your site because it's just like, it's user friendly and it, you force the copy for them so they don't have to worry about messing up anybody else's um, information and they can end up making it their own. You have the nice instruction template or instruction slide to begin so that anybody who might not be familiar with using slides or Jamboard can easily adjust. So all of those pieces just 
help the math community and help teachers. So thank you again for that. And we're going to have another resource coming soon with a new book that you have in publication. So called Math at a Distance. Can you give us a little sneak peek synopsis? Absolutely. Uh, so the book is um, filled with tips and stories. Uh, so the tips are things like math routines, rich tasks, how to hold purposeful discussions online, how to make your students thinking visible, like come alive on the screen. Um, things from like homework and assessments, uh, all the way to how on earth do I implement a breakout room for the first time. So these are all kind of the, uh, the tips and the general um, how-tos, but it's also filled with stories of teachers and um, experiences that I have had over the years of doing this. Um, and I fill it with stories for the reason, the same reason um, that I think about teaching math online is a lot like uh, raising a child. Um, so any of you parents out there um, or, uh, you know, caregivers know that no kid is exactly the same. Um, and even when I had my second child, um, they were opposites in like everything. So not only did they not follow the rule book about, you know, how to, you know, raise a baby, but they were different from each other. And so what I've learned about online learning is that if you have this prescribed step, like this is the way you have to do it. What it's going to do is it's going to make you feel very defeated, like, gosh, I just can't figure out this potty training thing. Everyone else has it figured out. But as soon as we start to just listen to other stories and realize what's going to work for us and what doesn't, and we start to put together our own recipe, then we start to become empowered and we are successful because we're using them more as stories and less as these prescribed steps. Um, so I give a lot of different stories. I give kindergarten examples, calculus examples, and everything in between. Um, and that way, teachers can find things that they like about it. They go, oh, I do that. And this is just one small step that I can add to it. And so when we find those entry points, we're empowered, we're successful, and then we want to go back and find more. So it's filled with vignettes of teachers doing it. Um, and then all of the resources in the book are already up on my website so people can start getting them now um, and uh, interacting with them and making them their own. Wow, I can't wait. Like, that's exciting. So it's due in November? Is it is. Around? It's coming out early November. Okay. All right. We're looking forward to it. There's kind of two messages that I really like to get out to teachers. All right. Um, the two messages I have for teachers are to give yourself grace, to start small, try it out, learn what works for you, and celebrate those successes. Um, and then the other tip is to share your work. And don't wait for it to be perfect. Um, there's somebody who chatted with me early in March and said, you know, you got to get it out there. And I said, well, it's not quite figured out yet. There's some holes and stuff. And they're like, well, if you wait till it's perfect, it's never going to be. And so I've kind of embraced that. I put the Mather Day stuff out there, other recordings out there raw. They're not edited at all. And I do that purposefully because, you know, when people see it that way, they start to think, oh, I can do this too. And so, you know, whether you are editing a slide or you recorded a PD that you've done, 
or you have a section of your class that, you know, doesn't have any student names or voices in it at the moment, just what you're doing. If you share that out, that's just going to give more to this body of knowledge and empower more teachers. Um, so give yourself grace and share it even before it's perfect. Yeah, thank you. Two important messages that we need right now, for sure. Mm -hmm. Us on the Kids Math Talk podcast. Again, thank you for your work and your dedication to math education, especially in the elementary math world, because oftentimes elementary math teachers and students get left behind. So we thank you for that. And we're hoping that you stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Teresa Will's book, Teaching Math at a Distance, Grades K-12, through A Practical Guide to Rich Remote Instruction, is now available through Corwin Mathematics. Head to her website, teresawills.com, for book resources and for information about upcoming professional learning sessions. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to keep the Kids Math Talk conversation going. You can always tweet me with questions or comments using the handle at Kids Math Talk. You can also head to my website, kidsmathtalk.com slash podcast, for previous episodes of this podcast. And join us next week for another episode of the Kids Math Talk podcast.